It's time to talk University of Richmond basketball. This is Behind the Web with head coach Chris Mooney, live from World of Beer Bar and Kitchen, 11,600 West Broad Street in Short Pump. Tonight's show is brought to you by CarMax, Lux Chevrolet, Bryant Heating and Cooling, Cornerstone Partners co-star group and Bon Secours Health System, and by Cabell Childress Group. Join in online anytime and be a part of the show with your questions and comments. Text 804-327-0888. Email behind the web at richmond.edu or on Twitter using at Spider Voice, at Richmond Athletics, or at ESPN Richmond. Now, here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black with Coach Mooney. This is Behind the Web, presented by World of Beer on 1061 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. His pass knocked away by Neil Quinn, saves it on the baseline to Gustafson. Spiders with a run out to offense. Goose drives in the lane, takes it to the basket, finger roll around the rim and good by the Goose. This is really good energy by the Spiders to start this game off. Good hustle by Neil Quinn to get in the passing lane to get that steal. Spiders capitalize on a Goose layup. Now Bigelow inside the arc right side to Grace. He'll take the long three. Swish by Matt Grace. He keeps that arm and hand extended as he knocks down the three ball. And he's doing it on his birthday. Yeah, it's nice to see Matt be aggressive on the offensive end. Very, very capable. Being very, very capable to a career game and a very, very happy birthday as he celebrated his 24th birthday in grand style yesterday, sparking the Spiders to that victory over Fordham, 68-58 at the Robin Center. Matt finished 5 of 9 from the floor, knocked down a couple of threes, hit 9 of 10 free throws, had 5 rebounds and a couple of assists. That's a great day's work, particularly when you should be relaxing on your birthday, and he was all smiles afterwards. And so were all the Spider fans who were in the Robin Center yesterday and are here tonight at World of Beer in Short Pump. Appreciate you coming by. We're here till 7 o'clock, so if you're in the area, come on by and talk some Spider and college basketball with us this evening with Spider head coach Chris Moody and our special guest, assistant coach Peter Thomas. We're going to go through the whole Peter Thomas timeline from walk-on at the University of Richmond to scholarship player to captain to basketball ops to departing to Campbell to coming back as assistant coach. So we'll have a great conversation with Pete coming up here in a little bit. A lot of you probably saw our original story on richmondspiders.com that had Tyler Burton scheduled to come tonight. That was the case, but Tyler had an academic commitment in the business school that he had to attend to late this afternoon and this evening. So unfortunately, we postponed Pwn Tyler Burton. We will have him back again. I uh, promise you that before the end of the season. And we were scheduled to have our assistant coaches as we got deeper into February. So we just moved Pete up a week and he'll be with us today. But Tyler will join us uh, before we finish up with Behind the Web for, for this season. Coach, congratulations on the victory yesterday. Can't tell you how many people in here tonight and after the game in the Robbins Center yesterday just left going, wow, what a tough physical aggressive game that was and it felt so good that our guys went toe-to-toe and won a game in that fashion yeah very uh well pretty different uh, i can't remember i think maybe two times since i've been here we've said to kind of not worry about the offense so much and just play and drive the ball to the basket and be as aggressive as you can you know they were extremely physical um extremely aggressive uh and when you're you know and and which was very disruptive to us of course uh and i think the most important thing we could do is for us to be aggressive uh, as aggressive as possible 
And uh, I think that really helped us. We went to the free throw line a lot. I think a couple of their guys uh, fouled out of the game. Um, and, and then, of course, defensively, we were, I think, pretty solid all game long, especially the second half, but all game long. Um, and, yeah, I, I agree. It's You don't play many teams who play like that. Um, and uh, they have the – you know, they have the pieces and the guys who can switch with one another in order to do that. Um, but, yeah, that was it was a different kind of game, and certainly our guys stepped up to the challenge. So was that kind of the strategy game plan even before it started, or did that happen once the game started to unfold that way and during a timeout you kind of had to go against all of your basic yeah. principles and said, let's just go at it? Well, the, really at halftime, uh, I, I kind of sense we might – uh, we might need to to make that adjustment, uh, but I thought it might be difficult to do on the fly and not have a little bit of time. And um, you know, they're they're able to put pressure on us, uh, and then uh, you know the best way to the best way to attack somebody's putting pressure on you is to be aggressive yourself and try to drive around them because you know then you're penalizing for the exact thing they're trying to do. Um, you know, and I would say this isn't the best team we've ever had to do that. But we do have guys who can be aggressive and can get themselves in the lane and near the basket and draw fouls. And so uh, we waited to halftime uh, to do that. We expected pressure uh, mm-hmm. in the backcourt. We expected that to be, to be a challenge. Um, but I, I didn't know if the pressure would be as high as it was during the entire possession. And it was, and I thought we combated it pretty well. The other thing, the seniors really stepped up on this one. Uh, Andre Gustafson, Matt Grace, and Tyler Burton. Yeah, they were they were great. I, I thought, you know, not only do I think it was Matt's best game, but that's one of the best games we've had uh, uh, a Richmond Spider play this year and over the years. Be- besides some of these incredible performances by the guards, uh, I-, I thought he was just terrific. Um, you know, the first half, he really was the main reason we, we were able to stay in the game. You know, he, he was the one who, who was able to dribble uh, and find a little bit of space on the floor, um, and the rest of us were trying to figure it out. He was really able to do that. So, you know, a, a huge credit to him, and then I thought he played just as well in the second half. I thought he was great. Goose, uh, you know, played great. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of responsibility when you're a guard, when you're playing in a game like that. Uh, he had two threes. Second half three was really big, um, and his usual stellar defense. I think another... Another player, uh, Quisenberry, who came in as a 17-point-per-game guy who only had one field goal in the game. And as Andre reminded me today, it was at the very end, and we had told our guys to switch. Uh, so he so he's not responsible <laughs> even for that one in he his own he eyes. He didn't want to take that he responsibility, <laughs> which is fair. Uh, uh, and so, um, but, yeah, just incredible de- defense. Uh, those three guys were, were were incredibly key. Tough way for a guy to get his 2,000th career point, which is what Quisenberry got on that basically meaningless bucket. Yeah, I was I was rewatching it. I, I saw that, and uh, <laughs> boy, that's surprising. That's that's a whole lot of points. Yeah. And uh, yeah, exactly, a meaningless point in a game that that's already essentially decided. A- absolutely. Here's the other piece of trivia: uh, Matt Grace celebrating his 24th birthday last year in five uh, yesterday in five years. That's the first time we've played on his birthday because i asked him like oh wow how have you done on other birthday games because i don't know that i've actually played a game on my interesting birthday. and i went back and looked and he has not, not played canadian birthdays might be different maybe Is different there... the calendar might be a little different <laughs> so in high school maybe he did um the one thing i didn't dig into because i don't want to spoil the birthday or anything was the year that we had that long pause 
Were we scheduled? Well, we may have been scheduled on February 5 originally that year, but who cares? But yeah. yeah, he was like, I never never think I've played on my birthday, at least here at Richardson before. So uh, what are you thinking, Coach? You should have scheduled fifth games more if he's going to score 21 yeah, points. Yeah, definitely should have done that. And that sure. game you know, all the time. Um, all right, so you mentioned you made the, the switch kind of at halftime. Even so, they went up 11 yeah. with, with 12 minutes to go and outscored them by 21 from that point forward. What what happened? What transpired in those last 12 minutes? Well, I think, uh, uh, one, again, I think our defense was great. And, um, you know, it was – it was it was a rock fight. I mean, the game was just so atypical for Richmond. Um, you know, and, and part of me, I, I, I obviously, uh, they're doing a great job and having a great season. Um, you know, sometimes the officials can, can, they can control that to a certain extent by calling the early uh, bumps and, and pushes and things like that. And when you, when it, when it, it's let go a little bit, then it really becomes something that's just very, very difficult. Uh, you know, I don't think is as fun to watch, or but you know, it's competition at a high level. Um, so uh, I think it took us a little bit of a little while to adjust to you know making sure we're just being aggressive and um, you know just taking the ball and, and getting as deep as you can to the basket, uh, and then you know can you can you attempt a shot do you pivot out of there can you throw the ball out to the perimeter to another player uh i think it took us a little bit of time you know we're, we're really a team that is so uh we're always seeking to be in rhythm mm -hmm. uh, and in this game there really was no we had there were a few possessions that were that the ball moved around nicely but there were so few possessions like that i think it was a little bit difficult for our guys to adjust so you want to talk about the officiating do you huh <laughs> How about I don't. that? I, I can tell you our fans do. I uh, Well, I, I'm afraid John Moreau's listening, and I don't want to <laughs> I don't wanna upset him uh, and have him show up. So, But but in generic terms, Chris, I think you can talk about this, because before you got here, several people came up and said, hey, be sure to ask about this call, that call, the other call. I won't necessarily go that far. And look, that was a Final Four crew yesterday. You had Roger Ayers and Burt Smith, who I know have done Final Fours. I think Jeffrey Clark has gone deep into the NCAA yeah. tournament. And Roger had Duke Carolina the night before. Yeah. He had us yesterday. He's got Texas-Kansas tonight. Wow. So, wow. I mean, he's getting the big-time games. Yeah. When that game unfolds like that, do you have conversations at all with them about what they're seeing and how how they're calling things? You're, you're ready to make a, a sarcastic <laughs> remark. I know you are, so make the sarcastic remark right. and then answer the question, Coach. <laughs> Yeah, well, one, Roger Ayers is an elite referee, um, and th th those that's a great crew. There's no doubt. It's just a matter of um, – there's a, obviously a matter of perspective when it comes to, to the game, and many of the things in basketball are fairly subjective, mm -hmm. and they try to make they try to make it to be as objective as possible, which is what you have to do. And But there's still subjectivity, and, and you're uh, – you know, for me – and I, I think this is the way basketball has gone maybe the last 10, 12 years with the rule, every rule change. Every rule change off the court has gotten looser. Mm -hmm. You know, it used to be you couldn't text and you couldn't, um, you know, there was only a certain, you could only contact a recruit once a week. Now they can get paid. You know, every, every rule <laughs> off the court has gotten looser. Every rule on the court has gotten tighter. And that's the way I think it's, 
that's that's the way I prefer it, but I also think that's more um, enjoyable to watch mm-hmm. and will help the game continue to have great fans and great success. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I just feel like if you call the, – the advantage that you have in basketball is that each player has a limit of fouls. And so if you call a foul on the player, no matter what the coach is telling him, strategy – no matter how aggressive they want to play, that player doesn't want to foul out mm-hmm. of the game. And so that's the advantage that you have in basketball. And I think that, you know, if a player uh, tries to get open and cuts to the wing or to the top of the key, if he's held for a second, you know, for some teams that doesn't matter, and that's how they practice and play. For us, it really matters. And that timing is everything. Uh, and technically, it is illegal. <laughs> And so I think it's a bit of perspective in that not everybody plays like Richmond. Um, not everybody plays like Fordham. And how, how do you find that balance? To me, it would be the letter of the law. Uh, but that's not, how, that's not how everybody thinks. And so, you know, the, and the referees, there, there's an art to officiating more than just a science. And I, I think, by and large, they do a great job. Um, but sometimes, for example, three seconds, I'll complain about three seconds or have over the years, especially when we haven't been quite as big. And they'll say, well, I'm not calling it down the other end either. You know, and I'll say, well, Grant Golden hasn't been in the lane the entire game. So there's no one we could call three seconds on. So um, so that's what I mean. It doesn't always match up like, well, I'm, you know, I feel like we don't travel as much as other teams mm-hmm. because we don't triple threat with the ball. There are these technicalities. And so if they say, well, we're not calling traveling on your guys either, I feel like, well, we're not traveling, you know. Uh, but, again, that's, that's my perspective, and I, I would prefer the game to be called as tightly as possible because I feel like that's the way we – certainly the way we teach offense and also the way we teach defense. But, um, and then the last part is that that's an excellent crew the other night. You're going to get a different crew each time. And, you know, even the, the best refs – who who get the best postseason assignments, they might see the game a little bit differently than I do, and that can have a, a small impact. All right, aside from traveling and the three-second call, and by the way, one of our fans who sits on the baseline said he had a conversation with one of the officials about three-second calls, and 20 seconds later we got the one three-second call. So he's kind of taking a little credit for that. That's great. He might we be need... sitting just to your left, maybe, <laughs> but he was well, taking we a need, credit. We need more and more of that. Um, <laughs> we really do. You know, again, it's some referees, uh, you know, they don't, they think that you shouldn't call three seconds, That you know, and uh, that's what I mean. There's, there's <laughs> just a lot of different perspectives and the game being so subjective is not, is, is, a, is a very difficult thing. All right. We could go on and on yeah. <laughs> about this. I've got a couple more questions. Maybe we'll save for the end of this show Great. <laughs> or another one of the shows coming up. Uh, Peter Thomas is here tonight, Spider assistant coach, obviously former player for us at Richmond and a captain. And he's going to join us next for the middle segments of this evening's program. We're live at World of Beer and Short Pump. Back after the break on 1061 ESPN. It's the home of Behind the Web on the Spider Sports Network. Timeout's over. Now, more Behind the Web from World of Beer and Short Pump on 1061 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. Now 30 on the game clock, 23 on the shot clock. Burton takes it all the way to the basket and an authoritative one-hand slam by Tyler Burton. That's the way you finish it, right there. Well, 
that's the way we we're going to start our conversation with Tyler Burton this evening. The highlights were already in place, and as we told you at the outset, uh, academic commitment prevented Tyler from being here tonight. We will have him uh, before the end of the season, but we'll honor his 18-point performance yesterday and his 22-point performance Wednesday with a couple of highlights from Tyler. One there, one coming up, and I'm sure that our guest who's replacing Tyler tonight could dunk just as emphatically and just as effectively as that dunk we just heard and watched yesterday at the Robin Center. Right, Coach Thomas? Exactly. I think that's all they talked about in my career is how athletic I was and, <laughs> and uh, some of the dunks, you know, they were on constant uh, highlight reel. Yeah, and if you weren't doing them, you were teaching Tyler. That's right. How to do that's that, right. like yesterday. Right. Coach Navarro. I know he didn't have any of those last year, so, um, <laughs> you know, anything you see now is, 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 is your tutelage. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. All right, so speaking of last year and the years in between, you came here as a, as a player as a team captain, as a director of basketball ops, and then you went with former Richmond assistant Kevin McGeehan and joined his staff at Campbell, and you were gone from your alma mater for almost 10 years. How similar, how different was it when you returned to the Spiders this year? Well, it's it's very different. I mean, the, the things that are the similar are kind of all the values that we had when I was here uh, as a player. Um, the kind of guys we recruit, the guys we have in the program, uh, the things that we value um, in our recruits, you know, the, the academic portion, uh, the guys being really good people that you want to be around and coach, um, all the basketball values of sharing the ball and playing together and and being able to dribble, pass, and shoot. So a lot of the values are the same, but obviously you come back and the practice facility and the Robin Center and, you know, the, one, of the, one of the biggest differences for me uh, has just been the atmospheres of the game. is is It's electric. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of nudge David Boyden uh, in the starting lineups every game, and we just kind of look at each other and say, hey, we, we work at Richmond. Like, this place, is, this place is different than when I played here or even when I coached here. Obviously, we had some great teams when I was coaching, uh, and I was fortunate to be on a, a good team as a freshman. But um, just that, that's been one of the biggest differences is just the, the support and the atmosphere at the games. Uh, Chris, and, and bringing Peter Thomas, what kind of back to Richmond, what kind of went into that? Because it had been a long time. I'm sure everybody stays in touch within the program, but still it had been almost 10 years. Yeah, it had been a while. Uh, you know, obviously, so Kevin McGain and I coached together from as high school coaches, uh, Division Three in the Air Force Academy. And then when Kevin got the job, um, you know, he really, he really needed Pete and um, – they went down there and built a, a really successful program at Campbell. And so, you know, I think when the opportunity has arisen, la last year was very different, of course, to lose three assistants. And, you know, Rob specifically had been here so long, Rob Jones. Um, and I, I think that, you know, you know, part of the um, – as you go through the checklist for me is that one of one, you know, great people – uh, to, to be here. I want guys who, you know, love basketball and have an understanding of how to try to take care of the guys. Uh, I think that's the that's the most important thing. And so I knew Peter did that. And, you know, there are times like we've hired uh, Maurice Joseph was had not played at Richmond or not been part of our staff. Um, but I do think there's a, a huge value of that, especially at Richmond. Um, I think that you to appreciate the school that it is. I think it's probably not surprising to our crew, but it's pretty unique in terms of playing this level of college basketball, what the academic expectations are. Um, 
you know, and what the expectations are from the, from the program. And so I think Pete being so familiar, having played here, having been on staff here, and it was second nature to him to, to, that he loves Richmond, uh, that he wants to be part of it, uh, and that he has all those qualities that we look for in a recruit or a coach or another staff member. Uh, and I think that was critically important to me. Pete, how do you frame that either with the current players or with potential future spiders that you're recruiting that, you know, you walked on this campus, you played in this gym, you went to those classes, you understand the challenges that are there. How do you kind of frame all of that without living too much in the past, either with the current crew, maybe when they're struggling with something that you know about or with with guys you're recruiting? Sure. I mean, with the with the current guys, it's just having the shared experience. You know, I've I've been here. I played for coach um, and have been through the the classes that are that are different than if you go to some other schools, you know, mm-hmm. where, you, where you're going to be in a class with 15 guys and, and or 15 other classmates. And they know if you're in class or not. And you're going to be held accountable for for going to study hall and, and making sure you, you have the right uh, approach in the classroom um, and then also having the demands of playing in the Atlantic 10 um, and I think you know that's that's that makes it really easy to re- relate to the current guys um, and you know I've, I've heard um, some very uh, constructive criticism from coach Mooney as a player um, and they get that a few times and then you know we can kind of laugh about that and connect on that um, and then just you know obviously I, I went through some really good times as a player when I was young and then I went through some really tough times when I was a little bit older uh, when coach first took over and uh, just being able to see you know having been here as a coach a player before um, having been through the ups and downs it, you can kind of just tell guys that hey it gets better or hey it's not always going to be good or d- just kind of you know, stay with them a little bit, um, and having that shared experience helps with the current guys. And I think when you're recruiting, it just becomes, uh, you just, you know, you always just want to be who you are and try to be authentic. And it's a lot more, a lot easier to be authentic when you're talking about the place that you love. And, you know, I met my wife, Jamie, at Richmond, and, and um, you know, some of my best friends played for Richmond, and I played with them. And, and I think that's one thing that makes Richmond unique. Uh, obviously, Coach, having been here in his 18th season, is that you know I know guys from when you know I played in his first two seasons to guys that are recent graduates and we're in you know text text threads together and and we all keep up together and I think that's something that you know is is kind of rare in um, in today's college basketball world where a uh, head coach stays at a place long enough that those relationships are not just with the four years of guys you played with but uh, 18 year span where you know now I'm connecting with guys that. I'm coaching, but I also, you know, I can walk. TJ Klein comes back. I've, I've never really had gotten to speak with him, and, and we can just fall into stories about coach or about Richmond or classes or whatever. And that connection is real. Um, and and to be able to, you know, kind of relay that to to recruits is, is something that not everybody, I think, is able to do. And, and uh, it's certainly been been a benefit. So fall into those stories about coach. Why <laughs> why don't you? But when you were getting that constructive criticism as a player did you think you'd one day be working for him as an assistant coach well i, I was hopeful you know I, I i don't think actually when when i when i got to college i probably was thinking about being a you know my dad was a lawyer mm-hmm. um I, I was a history major i don't know what exactly i was going to do with that except for maybe go to law school um so that was kind of my initial thought as a freshman um you know had some had two years with coach wainwright and we had a great when my freshman year we went to the NCAA tournament and then I was a walk-on and then 
started playing a lot as a sophomore. And uh, but then when coach came in, um, just the way we played and, and the approach he had and the philosophies he had, uh, I just kind of refell in love with basketball and um, kind of decided then that I really wanted to try to coach. Um, and, you know, coach helped me to get my first opportunity at Eastern Kentucky with mm -hmm. Jeff Neubauer mm -hmm. uh, when he was the head coach. And actually, when I was at Eastern Kentucky, I worked with David Boyden um, hmm. and we, we lived in the same house <laughs> with um, <laughs> Josh Merkel, who's the head coach oh, yeah, at Randolph-Macon, Randolph -Macon, sure. so Boyden and I shared a uh, shared a separate rooms in the basement of that house. Um, <laughs> and you still hired both of them, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> they still checked enough boxes for you to hire both of them. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. But, um, you know, I, I think I, I just kind of refell in love with basketball those two years, even though we, we didn't have a ton of success those two years, but I knew that's, that's you know, it kind of really spoke to me in how we played and, and the approach coach had. And, um, you know, he helped me get my first job and then obviously hired me back uh, a year after being at Eastern Kentucky. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've, when I went to Campbell, I was super excited to go and, and try to build something with Coach McGeehan. And, and it's always been a dream of mine to come back to Richmond, obviously a place I love and, and a place where I think, you know, um, you know, Jamie and I love the city of Richmond. We love the University of Richmond. And, uh, you know, having worked for coach before, I knew, you know, that's the kind of guy I would always want to work for. Chris, as you're coaching these guys, do you ever, not, not there on the court, but in some downtime, you start thinking, ah, this guy would make a pretty good coach. That guy might, that guy probably isn't going to be a coach. <laughs> yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I think the one, uh, a lot of times I try to talk the guys out of it first. <laughs> yes. um, you know, partly because it's, you know, when that's what you know, you know, our players are so um, immersed in basketball. And so that's so much of what you know. Uh, so sometimes I'll just try to say, well, there are a lot of other things out there. You know, you're very smart. You could do many things. But, yeah, definitely. I think that, um, you know, Pete has a great way with people, a great way of communicating. Um, you know, he, he knows, you know, really a clear sense of uh, right and wrong on the court, off the court. I think those are really good, um, really good aspects for for any coach to have. So I, I, I definitely, I definitely thought Pete would, but I thought that he was a really good student. Mm -hmm. You know, he he married a great girl, so I thought he would be smart enough to stay out of coaching. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think you can see guys more of their attention to how interested they are in all all parts of it, not just their responsibility on a particular play. Mm -hmm. So what's the most interesting part of being an assistant coach at Richmond? Or what, what do you like the best? Is it recruiting? Is it scouting? Is it, you know, time on the court, individual work? What do, what do you, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, whether you're scouting or recruiting, I mean, I think that it's, it's certainly fun to, to recruit back to University of Richmond, yeah. the place that you played and love. And, but I think, you know, recruiting is recruiting wherever you are. I think... The thing that's special for me here is the time, you know, after practice is over when you're hanging with the guys or on the bus or, and I think anybody would say that is like, that's what you remember most is, is just the times that are all the, the filler time, you know, on the bus or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, walking down the hallway in the hotel or in the, and the team meals, like, and just being, getting to be around guys that are, you know, guys that I know hopefully in 15 years I'm still going to have a relationship mm -hmm. with. Um, and, and I think that's what's the most special thing about Richmond and the thing that has always been special to me is that we recruit the kind of guys that you want to be around. Like you're, you, you coach these guys for you know, two hours a day in practice, but you're around them 
for so long. And that's what's always we've tried to do at Campbell, and I know Coach has always done here, is you want to recruit guys that you want to be around and want to have a relationship. And I think that's what makes Richmond special. And th- those are the things that, that are probably the most interesting to me, is just getting to know our guys. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, we had, we had some professors come, um, some of our guys' professors come to the game the other night, and, and they came to our shoot-around. And after shoot-around, they're, they're sitting around, you know, they kind of came out on the court. We took a group picture, and then our guys are just conversing with the professors, not about basketball, about their classes, about what. And we basically had to tell the guys, all right, guys, we, we got to go eat pregame meal now. And coach made the comment, like, it's just amazing that these college athletes mm-hmm. that are, you know, just every minute of their day, you think about them being involved in basketball, that they can just have these conversations with professors and i don't think that happens at at all places and, th- and that's kind of what makes richmond unique and um and and that's also why i think you know it's it's special getting to spend time with the guys because it's it's not the the basketball is great but then you know really having a relationship with the guys is is kind of what makes it the most interesting i think the uh, admissions office is going to transcribe that answer <laughs> and you're going to see it in the next admissions brochure <laughs> sure. at the university of richmond well said peter let's take a break we'll come back we'll fast forward to real time and talk some real basketball with coach thomas and coach mooney when behind the web from world of beer and short pump continues on the home of the spiders 1061 espn Back to the show, Behind the Web, presented by World of Beer and Short Pump. Once again, here's Bob Black on the Spider Sports Network and 1061 ESPN. Grace inside the arc, cuts across the lane into the corner to Burton for a deep three from in front of the Spider bench, and he knocks it down. Tyler Burton with his first three of the game, and it gives Richmond its biggest lead of the game. The senior has stepped up when you need it most. And again, we welcome you back to tonight's Behind the Web at World Beer. A couple of the Tyler Burton highlights from yesterday. And by the way, uh, my informed sources are tell- telling me that Tyler's birthday is this coming Saturday when the Spiders host Loyola. So if Matt Grace can have a career game on his birthday yesterday, let's see what Tyler can do this coming Saturday at home against Loyola. That is a um, 4 o'clock game at the Robin Center. It's on ESPNU. The Wednesday game at George Washington is on ESPN+. Plus. we got a couple more that are exclusive to ESPN+. Plus. That's one of them, and the LaSalle game is the other. Every other game will be on over-the-air television as well as espn plus all right back with uh, peter thomas spider assistant coach and coach mooney uh pete let's fast forward to real time yesterday although you can harken back a little bit as you're coaching and watching that game yesterday and tough physical toe-to-toe kind of game did it remind you of the old coach jerry wainwright kind of kind of style of basketball a little bit yesterday that we haven't seen around here in, in 18 years obviously sure sure um there were there were times in practice with uh, coach wainwright where we you know we we'd use a medicine ball instead of basketball <laughs> just try to cl- complete as many passes as you could in a, in a you know 10-foot box just to make you screen and be tough and you know that's felt felt a lot like what what fordham does they just really beat you up and and make everything hard they're super super physical made everything hard but yeah that was reminded me a little bit of uh, how we used to play for sure <laughs> how do you kind of coach the guys in a game like that once kind of that decision is made as you said coach said at halftime uh, to kind of go in a, in a different direction at least for 20 minutes to get you a win sure well you know like um i think we 
we pride ourselves on being on being fluid and moving the ball and then everybody kind of touches on every possession but they, they make that really really hard um and then we we kind of had to rely on our guys just just being aggressive if, and, and kind of taking advantage of their aggression um so that's what we tried to do is drive the ball a little bit i think some guys did that we were able to get to the free throw line doing that but you know it wasn't it wasn't probably the uh the prettiest game in in our mind uh five assists but um <laughs> Um, wow, I didn't even realize that. We only have five assists. Wow. You know, but that, that's kind of that's kind of what they force you into. Yeah. Um, and uh, but we did a nice job of really being aggressive in that second half, getting the line and, and getting some some baskets, just driving and, and creating some stuff for guys just off the off the dribble. Um, but uh, it was a nice adjustment by our guys. Yeah, we talked with Matt Grace a little bit on the post game about this as well. Uh, a win that was much needed for a lot of reasons, that being one of them, that you could play a different style of basketball and, and win the game. Obviously, the, the losing streak was over with the win yesterday. During that time, as an assistant coach, how do you try to help the guys get through that? You've been through it. You understand it's a long season. There are tough games, tough stretches, good stretches going through. How did you try to kind of... You know, the, the players are hearing one voice from the head coach, but other voices from the assistant coaches. Sure. Well, I think it's it's our job to, well, one, that that's where you can relate to the players a little bit on what you've been through and mm -hmm. you know, having been a coach uh, for a long time now and, and having played, you've been through all these situations where you've been on, you know, unfortunately I've been on more than a four-game losing streak in my career <laughs> uh, as a player and a coach. Um, but So you know you come out of it, but uh, you don't come out of it by – um, not getting to work in the gym the next day and just saying like look just you know I think part of what we've we try to do is stay the course you know I think we know what we do works and you got to stay the course and I think the first adjustment that we talked about making is just doing what we do better um, and then at the same time like I think it's it's important for the assistants to, to be positive um, you know there's there's obviously going to be some tough times when you're, you're having a losing streak but I think you got to you got to try to get the best out of uh, out of the guys. Um, you know, even if they're not playing well, you got to try to highlight a couple of things they are doing well, and um, and just stay positive with them, and um, and try to try to highlight those things and, and help them just kind of push through sometimes. I think most of our audience knows this, but as assistant coaches, you kind of divide up the games and scout different teams. For you, what's the difference between a game that you are the lead scout coach on as opposed to the other games when it when it's Will or David who's scouting? Well, I think there's a pretty big difference just because you, you've seen so much film that you can kind of see everything that's coming and developing and you kind of know what they're going to be thinking about out of timeouts. And so, you, you know, you have a little bit more of a voice probably in those games and and um you know you know what adjustments other teams have made and and can and you know can anticipate things a little bit more um but at the same time when you're you know sometimes it's nice when when it's not your scout because maybe you see the overall picture a little bit better and you're not as consumed with the details of how they're running a play or what their lineups are like you, you can kind of see a little bit more what's happening with your own team um so you know i think i think it's two different ways you go into a game, but um, you know, I wouldn't say one's better or harder, but there, there's definitely different. Do you have GW? I do not. You That's don't. Coach Guype. Yeah, I have, Coach uh, I have Loyola Chicago. All right. So, well, we won't, we won't skip a game. I won't do that to you or to Coach Moon. <laughs> Is there a rhyme or reason, Chris, to who gets what games to scout, or do you just kind of let those guys divide them up? How do you handle that? Yeah, the assistants divide them up. I, I think, you know, again um, – we had such a consistent staff for a long yeah. time, so it was it was a little bit of 
they're, they're, you know, somebody might be really familiar with this scout because they've done it three or four years in a row. Uh, but now, you know, we just they divide it. The assistants divide it up, and there is a little bit of that, like what they might be familiar with uh, based on a coach coming from a different league or they played the team last year. Uh, and then we try not to have it so they have – back-to-back scouts or three out of four or something like that and i think they once we get the schedule that's how, that's how we do it and normally when we play teams twice same coach same gets. coach same coach yes yeah okay and, yeah. and you've given i think we talked about this when will was here the same amount of voice to these guys whether it was rob jones in year 17 doing it or david boynton in year one at richmond doing it. yeah for sure i i feel like um you know, it wouldn't be in my nature to micromanage. Um, and so I, I think it's really important that the assistants have as much of a voice as possible because, you know, it's natural that, that I'm, you know, my voice is going to come in and there's going to be a, a certain reaction to that or a certain understanding of, of the importance of what's being said. But the assistants have to, you know, they really have to develop their own way and, uh, it might be similar to mine, you know, or it could be completely opposite, and that's great uh, because they have to be able to connect with the guys, earn the respect, make sure they know how important what they're saying is. Uh, so I've, I've always felt that was really important. You know, if, if you're trying to do everything as the head coach, you know, you just, you're just going to squeeze a little too tight. You're not going to be able to handle the things that matter the most. Uh, Pete, this uh, this was a text question that came this way. Uh, you, you had mentioned, you know, the stories you got and all that on, on Coach Mooney. So this isn't mine. I'm just reading it. What, if anything, has changed about Coach Mooney, in your opinion, from the time that you played for him to the time you are now coaching with him? Uh, <laughs> that's a loaded question. It sure is. I did, I did not ask it. I'm just reading it off of the text line. Yeah. Um, I think coaches – he there's definitely just like a um i think he's better with the referees hmm. that's one yep very good that's one top Thank of the you. list much better yes. um uh, but i think just you know having now like played for him obviously it was his first two years here yeah. and and we were we were trying to figure out who we were going to be and we, i was playing with you know a lot of freshmen and then there were a lot of frustrating moments but just you know the, the confidence and and who we are and what we're doing as a program and then it's worked and that you know there's been so much success uh you know i think that that just has led to you know whatever that experience is you can feel that you know mm-hmm. uh, and that's uh that's been the the biggest difference I, again like i said the values the philosophy all that is unchanged um but um i think just uh you know i think one thing I, that i noticed even even though i thought our practices were always uh high-paced and when I played, like now, that's that's really one of the biggest things from a basketball standpoint. I got back, and the, and the, the pace of practice is just um, really, really fast, and really helps helps the guys kind of react and, and figure out things on their own a little bit. And that that's been um, that's been something that I've, I've really noticed and, and liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think coaches is, is uh, you know overall just maybe a little more positive maybe than he was when <laughs> when. Uh, when I was playing, I think uh, coach, well, coach 300 more wins since you were here no as a doubt, player no doubt. probably has yeah. something to I do mean, with I mean, I think Ryan Butler, who's here today, would yeah. um, would probably say he's probably a little more positive just, you know, than, than maybe he, he used to be. But uh, same, same values, philosophies. So. Uh, all right. Uh, I know your family's here, so we're going to let you go have, uh, have dinner. 
yesterday's win, where do you think that takes this team now, Pete? What What did you see yesterday that, you know, one game, you got to go to the next one, which is GW Wednesday night? Well, I just think it, it, it shows us that we can win in a different way. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't – I don't think we would have ever scripted it the way it, 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 it unfolded. Um, but, I, you know, I, I thought – that we had several plays that just showed some toughness um, that I think we've shown at different times this year, but really showed up in the game yesterday. And, and we knew it was going to be a, a battle and that we were going to have to make some tough plays and maybe make some plays out of our comfort zone to win the game. And, you know, I think the one that really sticks out in my mind is when there was a, <clears throat> there's probably five fouls on the play uh, on both, on both sides, but the ball was, you know, they missed a shot and it was tipped out and Matt, Grace ended up on the floor, and then Jai dove on the floor and ended up knocking it off uh, off Fordham to be our ball. And I really thought that was kind of a defining moment of the game. Uh, and I think those are the kind of things that, that we're going to have to do with this team to, to have a chance moving into, you know, kind of the end of the season here. It's the way Pete Thomas used to play, and That's it's right. the way That's Pete right. Thomas coaches now. Great to have you back, Pete. That's Thanks right. for being with us tonight. Once a spider, always a That's spider. Right. Thank so you, much, Coach Bob. Thomas. Peter Thomas, spider assistant coach, back home with the spiders. We'll be back to our home of Behind the Web here at World of Beer. One more segment to go with Coach Moody. We'll do that right after the break on 106.1 ESPN. Keeping you up to date with Richmond basketball, this is Behind the Web from World of Beer, 11,600 West Broad Street on 1061 ESPN. From Playfly, this is the Spider Sports Network. Final segment of Behind the Web from World of Beer here in Short Pump. Another great crowd here this evening. Thank you all for, for being with us tonight. We are here each and every Monday night throughout the rest of the college basketball season from six to seven and we're live on 1061 espn and you can always interact with the program behind the web at richmond.edu is our email and 804-327-0888 is our text line 327-0888 upcoming schedule wednesday night at george washington that's a seven o'clock game with a 6 30 Airtime for us on 1061 ESPN. It's on ESPN Plus. And then Saturday afternoon, our first uh, encounter with the Loyola Ramblers, the newest members of the Atlantic 10. So they'll make their initial visit to the Robin Center Saturday afternoon. That's a 4 o'clock game on uh, ESPNU and 1061 ESPN uh, on the radio side on Saturday. Um, all right, Chris, George Washington coming up. Uh, we were talking with Pete a little bit about repeat games this season, and this will be one. A uh, 10-point win for the Spiders at the Robin Center back at the beginning of January, so a lot of time has certainly gone by. Um, give us a little bit of update on, on what you may have seen sneak peek from George Washington from the last time we saw them. We know they still have the league's leading scorer in James Bishop. Uh, they had a tough one, honestly, Saturday. Duquesne, a team we know can blitz people, and they sure did. At one point, 28-point run yeah. by Duquesne against GW. I don't know what kind of team you're going to see Wednesday night now. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I was I watched that game. We watched it a little bit live and then uh, watched it again today. And Duquesne... Duquesne played Kentucky earlier in the year, and that's my only question is how did they not beat drill Kentucky? Uh, but they had a run where they were making very exactly like the Robin Center game. I mean, they just made three after three after three contested. Uh, and so that's, a you know, obviously having, having – I might read more into it if we had not played Duquesne. 
Uh, but having seen that firsthand and how it can how it can happen, uh, so they yeah that was that was really a tough game to have. Uh, Bishop is you know I think he's really close to being a pro player. Um, his great size, he is he is probably as good of a finishing as a guard as I've seen in the Atlantic Ten. Um, you know he can make all different types of plays. Uh, and then Adams, who can really score yeah. also. So I think Adams had 32 against St. Joseph's. And so there's a team that has some explosion on offense. Um, you know, uh, when we played them earlier in the year, they had they had come off a win at Loyola. And, you know, that was uh, – they, they, I thought they played well. I thought both teams played well in that game. <clears throat> and this changes so fast. You know, Bonnie's had lost three in a row. Absolutely. Now they've won three in a row against three of the – you know prominent atlantic 10 teams um fordham had just one but you know it's 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 uh college basketball is pretty tricky uh so i would think that we'll we'll get a great and energized gw team trying to make up to a certain extent for saturday's game against duquesne back in that in that first game bishop got his points right i think he had 25 but he needed 22 shots right. to do it but you were able to shut down adam see i think he had half a dozen maybe yeah and i think uh jason might know but i think bishop had 16 at half or 20 at he had a high number at half mm-hmm. and uh i think we put we had started andre on adams because adams is a little bit more physical player and we worried about jason nelson then we switched and put andre on james bishop uh which was a good help and a couple other things um so hopefully hopefully we can try to contain them i don't know that you could keep them from scoring uh or having a you know pretty good statistical night but hopefully we can contain them to a certain extent because these guys, you know, especially Bishop, very, very explosive. Hey, I've been really remiss in asking you this question where you're going through some of our guys playing defense, haven't done it on a pregame or postgame or even this show. Uh, Jai Bailey and, and getting him into the starting lineup, kind of what, what went into that and what's kind of your evaluation of his first couple of games as a starter? Yeah, um, really the, the biggest, you know, Jai's had a, a, a very um, checkered career with injuries and, uh, you know, he's obviously a talented guy and a great size for a guard, mm-hmm. very athletic. And so really, I, I think, um, you know, because we don't change the starting lineup very often, it seems like a bigger deal. But really, it was just I'd like to give Jai a chance out there at the beginning of the game. Um, and, you know, he's a very good defender as well. I, I would say after Andre uh, on the perimeter, it's probably Jai, you know, Matt Grace, a great defender. Uh, but Jai is a very good defender as well, and now that's an extremely tall team in the starting lineup, um, uh, which has some advantages. Uh, but he's a good defender, has a good feel for the game, is athletic, and that was that was it. I, I think it was more let's just give Jai a chance. I think he's done well. I think Jason's done fine off the bench and helped us. And yesterday, Jason's dribbling and bringing the ball up the court make, makes things a little bit easier. So I, I think uh, but Jai's done well, and, and we need him to – to keep coming he has a really good sense and really good athleticism and there was a long stretch yesterday where where we were playing defense 94 feet with a really athletic team and he was part of that yeah also. exactly Jai, yeah exactly he, he is uh you know he deflects a lot of passes he makes it difficult to throw over he doesn't get screened very easily um which is not easy for for someone when you know when you're 
taller, you tend to maybe run into a few more screens. But Andre and, and Jai can really avoid screens, even when they're guarding the ball and a ball screen. They, they're very good at avoiding screens. And it does get you a little deeper now, too, doesn't it, in, in your rotation now that, knock on wood, he's healthy and, yeah. and playing regularly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that um, Jason Roach, who, who we, we had uh, kind of last week talked about, he, he, we really need to play him more and talked about giving Tyler just a little bit more of a rest during the games. And then the Fordham game was just a, a tough game for Jason because they're so aggressive and physical on everybody. And then when he went in the game, it was that much more on him. Uh, and it just it felt like we need you know, we played a good amount of the game with three guards uh, because of all the pressure and we needed that ball handling. So so, yeah, it does give us some some great depth. And uh, you know, Marcus Randolph came. I don't I don't know if we win the game without Marcus yeah. yesterday. So we, we do have some some good depth and depth and really need to. Just apply that, you know, as consistently as we can because it's a good advantage. Yeah, he's he's really come along, hasn't he, Marcus? He has, about. you know, and, and Marcus, you know, as everybody notices, is just passionate yeah. and emotional, uh, which is great for our team. You know, uh, Andre and Matt, you know, much more steady. So to, to have that thrown in there is, is something that really helps. And he also plays that way. Mm -hmm. He plays with everything left out on the floor, and that was a big help yesterday. Absolutely. Uh, there was a little chippiness going on yesterday, yep. and some guys were getting that way, which I think was good. Yep. You know, within the framework, Absolutely, it, yeah. it was good. And then there were guys that were settling guys down, yeah. like you mentioned, like Andre or Matt or even yeah, Tyler. Exactly. And, and it worked out, worked out great. All right, all right that, we're just about out of time. Uh, good one tonight. Thanks again to Peter Thomas, Spider Assistant Coach, for being our – our special guest, and Chris, we'll see you in D.C. for Wednesday and home Saturday against Loyola. Great. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks, everyone, for being here at World of Beard tonight. We'll be back next Monday night at 6 o'clock with the next edition of Behind the Web. James Flowers, thank you for producing in our ESPN Richmond studios. Robert Oley on location for Coach Booty. Bob Black saying so long. Talk to you Wednesday, 630. Spiders at George Washington right here on 1061 ESPN. You've been listening to Behind the Web from World of Beer Bar and Kitchen, 11,600 West Broad Street, featuring head men's basketball coach Chris Mooney. Tonight's show has been brought to you by CarMax, Lux Chevrolet, Bryant Heating and Cooling, Cornerstone Partners CoStar Group and Bon Secours Health System, and by Cabell Childress Group. Join us throughout the college basketball season for Behind the Web, presented by World of Beer in Short Pump. Thanks for listening and stay in touch with Richmond Athletics on the flagship station of the Spider Sports Network, ESPN Richmond. Executive producer Mitchell Bradley. This has been a presentation of Playfly Sports in association with Richmond Sports Properties.